When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that flies the flag of history every day of the week. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're looking back on the Battle of Baltimore, a turning point both in the War of 1812 and in the life of a lawyer with a penchant for poetry. The day was September 14, 1814. Francis Scott Key penned the poem that later became America's national anthem. The Washington, D.C. attorney and amateur poet was inspired to write the verse after witnessing the British bombardment of Fort McHenry in Baltimore, Maryland. As dawn broke the following morning, Key was moved by the sight of a lone U.S. flag still flying over the battered fort something which he took as a symbol of the young nation's endurance and courage. Originally titled The Defense of Fort Mahenry, Key's poem was later set to music and renamed The Star-Spangled Banner. Less than three decades after Britain had recognized the independence of the United States, the two countries found themselves at war once again, this time over a series of trade disagreements and maritime disputes. The War of 1812 started out well for the U.S., as Great Britain's military forces were already busy fighting an ongoing war with France. That allowed the American Navy to rack up several key victories in the Atlantic Ocean and on Lake Erie. However, once Napoleon's armies were defeated in the spring of 1814, Britain focused its full military might on the United States and quickly gained the upper hand. Then. In late August, British troops pressed their advantage by marching into Washington, D.C. and setting fire to the White House, the Capitol, and many other government buildings. Americans had sought to use the war as a way to reaffirm the nation's independence on the world stage, but with its capital city in flames, the future of the fledgling republic 
was more in doubt than ever. That sense of uncertainty was compounded a few weeks later, when the British set their sights on the vital seaport of Baltimore, Maryland. The city's harbor was defended by Fort McHenry, and on September 13, 1814, British warships launched a merciless 25-hour assault on that stronghold. Americans knew the fate of Baltimore would determine that of the entire Union, so they anxiously waited to see if Fort McHenry could possibly withstand such a punishing onslaught. One especially nervous onlooker was 35-year-old Francis Scott Key. He had been dispatched to Baltimore by President James Madison on a mission to negotiate the release of Dr. William Beans, a prominent civilian surgeon who had been captured at the Battle of Bladensburg. Key arrived one week before the bombardment began and on September 7th, he and fellow lawyer John Skinner boarded the flagship of the British fleet in hopes of securing the doctor's safe passage. Their effort proved successful, but the British had one condition. Since Key and his companions now had knowledge that the British were mounting an impending attack, they couldn't be allowed to return to shore until after Fort McHenry had been destroyed. Instead, Key... Skinner and Dr. Beans were returned to the American ship on which they had arrived and were guarded there by the British for the next several days. Then, on September 13th, he watched in horror as the barrage of Fort McHenry began roughly eight miles away. It seemed as though Mother Earth had opened, he later wrote, and was vomiting shot and shell in a sheet of fire and brimstone. The firefight lasted all day and all night, and given the scope and ferocity of the attack, he was all but certain the British would be victorious. But they weren't. In the early morning of September 14th, he could just make out an American flag in the distance. It was still flying over Fort McHenry, a sure sign that the American troops had stood their ground and weathered the assault. After a full day of shelling the fort, the British had been unable to destroy it, and now, with their ammunition spent, they were withdrawing from Baltimore. Not only had the United States survived the attack, it had halted the enemy advance. Francis Scott Key was deeply moved by the realization that his country would endure after all, and as he put it, quote, Then, in that hour of deliverance and joyful triumph, my heart spoke. He quickly pulled a letter from his pocket, and on the back of it, he scribbled the first verse of a poem of victory. Oh, say can you see, by the dawn's early light, what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming, whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight o'er the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming, and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave? Once he was back ashore in Baltimore, Francis Scott Key wrote three more verses, though only the first is commonly known today. The lawyer-turned-poet didn't give his work a title, but his brother-in-law, the commander of a militia at Fort McHenry, submitted it for publication under the title Defense of Fort McHenry. Within a week, Key's poem had been printed in two Baltimore newspapers, and by mid-October, it had appeared in nearly 20 others in cities all along the East Coast. Then, a few weeks after that, 
a Baltimore music store printed the verses with sheet music under a more expressive title, The Star-Spangled Banner. The song's melody had actually been chosen by Key himself, as he had noted on the first printed copies of the verses that the words were meant to be sung to the tune of To Anacreon in Heaven. Ironically, that song was a popular staple in British pubs and was even used as the de facto theme song of an upper-class gentleman's club in London. The song was written in 1775 by John Stafford Smith and was meant as a tribute to the ancient Greek poet Anacreon, who was himself a notorious lover of wine and music. To Anacreon in Heaven had made its way to American shores some years earlier, and Key was well acquainted with it, having already used it to accompany a different poem that he'd written in 1805. And if it seems strange that Americans should adopt a British drinking song as a patriotic anthem, remember that the precedent had already been set by Yankee Doodle, a song which began life as a British insult before being co-opted by Americans as a defiant show of national pride. In the wake of the War of 1812, both songs, Yankee Doodle and the Star-Spangled Banner, were increasingly common at patriotic celebrations. He's song, in particular, took on new significance during the Civil War, when it was used as an anthem for Union soldiers. The song's popularity continued to grow throughout the 19th century, and by the 1890s, the U.S. military had adopted it for ceremonial purposes, requiring that it be played any time the American flag was raised or lowered. Clearly, the Star-Spangled Banner took on an increasingly distinguished role in American culture, yet it didn't become the national anthem until more than a hundred years after it was written. The idea had been toyed with for decades by that point, but it wasn't until March 3, 1931 that the designation was finally made official. From that point on, the song would be played or sung at government offices, schools, and sporting events all across the country. Or, you know, at least the first verse. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully, you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can always pass those along by writing to thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thanks to you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Zip. 
Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. 